We are in a series around here on the 23rd Psalm. Anybody get blessed any of the weeks so far uh, in this series? Come on. Uh, last four weeks, we've been going through phrase by phrase uh, through this psalm, and today, once again, we are going to pick it up where we left off in verse 4. Uh, but before we get there, let me just remind you of who the author is. It is David. David was one of eight boys. He was a shepherd boy uh, growing up, uh, watching flocks of sheep. Then he killed a giant and got famous. And after that, he became king eventually of Israel. But when he writes this psalm, uh, scholars tell us it was not when he was a shepherd boy, it was when he was in a fight for his life. His son was trying to take over the kingdom, and there was civil war in his country. And he had to actually flee for his life. And in maybe his darkest moment, can you imagine your own child trying to come after you? That's what was going on. And in maybe his darkest moment of his life, he writes the 23rd Psalm. And so for you that are in the maybe the darkest moment of your life, this psalm is for you. So let's stand to our feet because we've been doing this over this series and we're gonna continue to do it. Uh, we're gonna read the 23rd Psalm together and in honor of God's word, we stand to our feet and let's read it together from verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So what we've said since day one of this psalm is one of David's most uh, important communications through this is you have a shepherd. You, you can have a personal relationship with God. And today may be the day that someone in this place or several in this place, several online, come to know God as a personal God. Not some God far off, but a God who's very, very personable. And in verse 4, where we left off last Sunday, we're going to pick it up. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. How many know we can all get into some dark places? some dark times. Maybe that would describe for you the last two years. 
have been pretty dark. You've gone through some things. You've gone through some things that you never dreamed possible. I know uh, I've been reading about many pastors across America uh, who I would think would be some of the strongest people of faith that have uh, decided to leave the ministry, have decided to retire early, uh, have decided that it's just, just too hard. It's just too tough. And it is a hard and tough assignment. And you have maybe found that to be the case over these last couple of years, that you faced tough things, things that you didn't think you'd ever have to face. But here's the thing about the dark. You can make it worse when you run. Isn't that true? You know, the light switches, the light controls of this room are in the back of this room. And there have been many times when I've been the last one in the room and, and uh, I go to turn that off, but then I need to come up and pick up my Bible and notebook and some stuff and, and then leave and go to my car. And because I feel confident in myself that I can walk in the dark and I know this room uh, I, I just set out to walk, but uh, there have been times when I have nearly killed myself, you know, uh, hitting into chairs and, and things, and, and it's like, so uh, here's what I do now, all right? Yeah, uh, you, you just got to get smarter, right? Just uh, decide, take, put your pride aside and, and get some light going on. Uh, you can make it worse when you try to rush it, when you try to run through it. Uh, but it can get scary in the dark. I know one of the things I used to like to do when Rochelle and I were dating is take her to a haunted house. And the reason I like to take her to a haunted house is because she did not like haunted houses uh, she did not like the darkness, and there were things that could pop out in the darkness, right? And, and so I would go because in the darkness, she would hold on tight. <laughs> she did not want to let me go in the darkness. And David says, I don't have to be afraid because you will hold on to me in the darkness. I can hold on to you in the darkness. Now, I understand this part of the passage. I, I did some research, and, and um, I found that there's a valley of death, they call it, that goes between Jerusalem and Jericho. And on that path, it goes down and it goes into some narrow places, some rocky places where thieves can hide out. Also, vicious animals can wait and watch for their prey. And so it was called a valley of death. It's the story that Jesus told when he said, a man went down to Jericho 
and fell among thieves. Do you remember that story? And then he said there was a good Samaritan that came along and helped that man who was robbed and left for dead. And so in this passage, we find that this road was a treacherous road uh, in the valley. But I want you to know also as we talk about dealing with dark places that valleys are also valuable. Maybe you want to write that down. Valleys are valuable. Uh, with the sheep, we got Babs up here, Babs again today, right? And um, with sheep, um, you, you had to take care of them. They're, they're very fragile animals. We've talked about this. And, and they're sitting prey for many uh, other animals, pretty much any other animal, because they're pretty much powerless. But also, they're susceptible to the weather. And so the shepherd would lead and guide the sheep. And we talked about this last week, how important it was to him that the sheep had good feed, that they had good fields to eat in. And so he would move them around so that they wouldn't eat all the way down and destroy the grass so that it would not come back. We talked about that last week, so if you weren't here, make sure you check that out. But this... This shepherd would say, you know what, I feel the wind shifting. It's about that time of year. So it's time for us to migrate down from the mountains. The air is getting chilly and cold, and I don't want the flock to suffer. And so he would march and lead the sheep down into the valley. It was very strategic. It was very important. It was very seasonal for them to go through that. And, and we have seasons in our life, right? We have seasons in our life. And your season right now, you might actually describe it like this. You might actually say, Craig, I am going through hell right now. And if you are, I want to say to you, then don't stop there. Don't stop there. See, it's one thing to visit, and it's another thing to live there. And so the shepherd, he would move them through the valley, and the psalmist says, he leads me through the darkest valley. He wants to lead us through it today. And I love this quote. Put it up on the screen by our friend Dave Ramsey, who is the author of our FPU, uh, Financial Peace University, that we do at least two times of the year. And here's what he says about God. He says, I met him on the way up, being a millionaire, multimillionaire, but I got to know him on the way down. Mm. How many can relate today? Right? You know, when things are good, when things are great. But he says, when things turned and I went toward bankruptcy, that's when I really, really got to know him. And today, there's a shift 
in the language of our psalm that we're reading. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this or not, but in verse four, there's a shift in the personal pronoun. At this point in the psalm, David makes a shift and he begins to say, you lead me. You are directing me. He makes it very personal with the Lord. The story has a shift. And you know, uh, as people have said, you know, our lives are a story. And, and, and when I think about that, I was thinking about that this week. If, if our life is a story and we're the author, and if we could really write the script, how many would like that? How many could do some editing as well? You know, go back and make some edits in, in some seasons. There's some college years, the wasted years or whatever that was. Uh, in your life you'd like to redo. And, and so if, if we could write, literally write our own story, no one would make a movie of it. No one would make a movie of that story because that story would be boring because I don't know about you, but it, it might be, you might write it kind of like this. All the bills are paid in advance uh, there's never even the hint of an affair. Uh, there's never a day of sickness. And it only snows on Christmas, <laughs> not in March, because that is of the devil. <laughs> but, but aren't we attracted Listen, aren't we attracted to novels? Aren't we attracted to movies that have great conflict in them? You know, where would Rocky be without Drago, right? That drug-shooting Russian, you know? Gotta, gotta have an enemy, you know, you got to have somebody, an adversary. Where would Batman be without the Joker, the Riddler, whoever? Great movies that we love to watch have great conflict in them. And think about it. Who is the best author? I think God God is the best author. He knows how your story ought to go. He knows how your story... As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, there are people in the Bible who think, I know how my story ought to go. And God says, mm, nope. It ought to go like this. And, and I'm going to redirect it. As a matter of fact, I'm even going to change your name at times to help you to adjust. You know, back in the day... Before we had these um, cameras in our pocket, we used to have, young people, listen up. We, we used to have things called cameras, okay? They were an actual, that's all they could do. That, that's all they could do. You couldn't talk on it. You couldn't do anything else. But, but you could take pictures with it, okay? And we're talking way back, okay? And, and, and these, these devices had a cartridge in them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it had a cartridge in them, and it was filled with film. And, and what you did, you got one shot at a picture. 
And, and you didn't know how it turned out. You didn't know if people had their eyes closed. You didn't know if your kid was picking their nose. You didn't know what was going on really in the picture until you took that cartridge after it was filled to the drugstore and gave it to them. You'd fill out a little envelope and, and then you give it to them and maybe a few days later, a week later, whatever it was, you'd come back and pick up your photos and then you'd know what you captured. But to develop those, they had to take them in the dark. They could only be developed in the dark. And I just wonder in your life what God thinks can only be developed in the dark. It's going to take some time in the dark room to develop this. You know, I think we all want to live on the mountain. But think about this. David, we wouldn't even know his name if it weren't for Goliath. That's what made him famous. He, he, he fought the lion, he fought the bear, but nobody really knew about that. It wasn't until he fought Goliath in the valley. Did you ever notice that? The Bible says that they met in the valley of Elah. And so in the valley is where you fight your giants. Isn't that where the giants like to roam? is in the valleys of life. I, I, maybe you want to write this down. God leads us where we don't want to go so he can get us where he wants us to be. And again, we think we want to stay on the mountain. God, oh, here we are. God, this, this is good. This is awesome. I want you to know that mountains are beautiful, but valleys are bountiful. Okay, valleys are where we're productive. Valleys are where you plant. They're where you grow the crops. They're where the mountains feed them. That the snow melts and the pure crystal clear water comes down and makes fertile the valley so that the valley can flourish. Things grow in the valley. There's life in the valley. So don't run off in the valley. You see, here, here's what happens. Shallow Christians can be guilty of running away in the valley. Because, Lord, I, I didn't know I was going to have to be in the valley. Where are you in the valley? Where are you? Why would you allow me to get into this place? Why would you allow this to happen in my life? Our first response can be, to exit, to get out, to quit the job. It's just too hard. I work with all non-Christian people and they act it and I'm done with it. This relationship, I thought it, if it was right, it should be easy and it's not. 
That this task is so difficult, it's so challenging, it's taking everything out of me, so I'm done with it. <laughs> but that's not how God operates, see. See, in the valley, David said, one time it was a lion. Another time it was a bear. And then there was yet another time when it was a giant. But all three times, God was with me. You see, you maybe get to know him as Savior on the mountain, but you get to know him as Lord in the valley. The last thing that you need, by the way, when you're in the dark and you can't see is advice from other people in the dark. Am I right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is what got us messed up in the pandemic, right? Because a pandemic, you remember this two years ago, the pandemic started and experts came out of the darkness. And, and, and in the darkness, one would say, well, this is what we should do. And another one said, this is what we should do. And, and the more you listened, the more confused you got. Until people were just so confused. It just led to so much trouble because you don't listen to people who are in the dark when you're in the dark. That's not what you need. You need people in the light. You need light when it's dark. And here's what the psalmist said later. He says in, in chapter 119, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. See, now we need a word from the Lord. See, until, until we get a word from the Lord, we're operating on the word of man. And the word of man can mess you up. Am I right? How many have ever had bad advice? Like date her or, you know, uh, date him or, or eat this. You'll be fine, you know. Smoke this, take this, shoot this, snuff this, whatever it is. And there's, there needs to be a shift of perspective in the dark. See, when you, when you come into the light, it, it shifts your perspective. H have you ever noticed that just like walking in this room, when I have just a little bit of light, all of a sudden I'm confident. All of a sudden, I, I know the dangers. All of a sudden, I know the lay of the land. And the psalmist said, when, when you get a word from the Lord, it clears things up. It helps you to have perspective. Because see, some of you thought that your marriage problem was them. <laughs> and, and then you prayed. And God revealed some things. And you were like, oh, Lord, have mercy, right? Uh, maybe uh, you, you thought the 
issue in your business was, you know, we, we just, we need to expand and God tells you, no, it's not that season yet, but you just, you just can't help yourself. You just can't help yourself. And you, you step out without a clear business plan, without clear direction, without clear backing, without all the, the boxes checked. Or you decide, you know, I think we've got enough money to go ahead and sign for this and do this. I, th I think we'll be fine. Instead of finding a way out of the darkness, what you need to do is find God in the darkness because he's in there. Because he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. David said, I could go to the highest mountain, I could go to the lowest valley, I could go wherever, I could go down into a hole in the earth, and you are there. You're everywhere present. God reveals things in the darkness. One thing he reveals is he reveals himself. Another thing God reveals is yourself. He reveals who you are. He reveals what you need. And in the dark, you can't rely on your senses. You have to rely on the Spirit. You have to rely on God's Spirit. Verse 4 says that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The word comfort in the Hebrew And, and I looked this up. Uh, I, I'm not an expert in Hebrew, so I do what you do. I Google it, okay? And, and I Googled, how do you pronounce this word? And it was hilarious because there were different ways to pronounce it. So I'm going to pronounce it the way I liked to pronounce it, all right? It just sounded more Hebrew, Uh, the way one person said it, all right? And, and it's nakam, all right? Because in Hebrew, you kind of get this, <laughs> right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, so everybody get your on, all right? You got it? And, and, and get no, no, careful. And, and <laughs> uh, some of you may need to duck here, all right? <laughs> Let's say it together. Ready? Nakam. Nakam. All right? Nakam is, it, it, it's the word consolation. It, it's like what happens in grief share when a person says, oh, I can relate to you. And you're like, wow, somebody who gets me. Or in divorce care, when you go to our divorce care and someone says, oh, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And you say, wow, somebody gets me. It also, as I studied this word, it carries with it the thought of a sigh, which I, I thought was interesting. And then I thought about that, and I thought, how often do I do that? Anybody with me? You know, you get to the end of a task or you got something coming up and you just go, let's do that together. Take a deep breath. 
Doesn't that feel good? Just, and, and so David says, when I'm around you, I just kind of go, the Lord is here. Anybody with me? Anybody get David? The Lord is here. I forgot. The Lord is here. And his rod and his staff are here. And so I've got my rod with me today, all right? And uh, there, there were two tools, two things that the shepherd would carry. They would carry their staff, but they'd also carry their rod. And, and the rod that the shepherd would carry, the, these, these are instruments that they would use in dealing with dark places. I want to help somebody today. I want to help you to have help when you're in a dark place, all right? The, the rod symbolizes and can symbolize for us the word of God. The word of God. You say, well, Craig, how, how's that work? Well, God's word does some of the same things that the rod would do. The rod would correct. It would correct. You know, some of these sheep, they're just dumb. Everybody's going this way, and you got to go that way. What is that? What is that in you? Now, get back over here. Get back over here. And, and Babs is like, oh, 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 you know, I want to go that way. No, get, get over here. And, and so he would use it to correct. And if things got really bad, because again, Babs can't defend himself. Babs can't go off and, you know, life, life's good out here by myself. And I, I'm just going to roam around by myself. And all, it's all good. No, no. Babs, you are going to be lamb chop. That's what is, what's going to happen. Right? Because the wolf, the bear, the lion, the mountain lion, whatever it is, anything is going to get you. And so the shepherd loves his sheep. And so because he loves them so much, he's like, no, no, quit doing that. But no, there's just something, something in Babs that, that can't get it, just can't get it. Ever know people who just can't get it? Just can't get it. Don't point at them at home, all right? You got to live with them. So... So, so eventually, if it gets bad enough, he, he'll hurt, maybe even break Bab's leg. And you say, that's so cruel. That's so mean. No, he's saving Bab's life. Because maybe there's already been two or three close encounters where he barely got there in the nick of time to be able to save and so he says, no, I will not let you die. You're not dying on my watch. It's not happening, not here, not now, not today, not ever. It's not going to happen. And then he would bandage that leg. And then from that day on, 
You've seen pictures where he'd carry those pounds day by day. And he'd say, now, Babs, buddy, you got to learn to behave. You got to quit doing that. You got to quit running off. I love you. I care for you. That's the reason why I had to do this. And because I love you so much, I'm going to carry you until you're all healed up. And do you know what happens when Babs gets healed? Babs never leaves. Because Babs has gotten so used to the voice, so used to the closeness. Are you hearing me? So close to the shepherd that I don't want to get very far away from that voice. I want to stay close, as close as I possibly can. Here's something else that he uses the rod for. He uses it to detect, not only to correct, but also to detect. He, he, he uses it and separates the wool because you can get the wool pulled over your eyes, right? That's where this comes from. And, and so he doesn't want the wool pulled over his eyes when it comes to the health of the sheep. And like we talked a few weeks ago, there's pests and there's skin disease and there's all kinds of things. So, so he makes sure that the sheep is healthy. And here's what the Bible says about that. Search me, God, and know my heart. How many of you pray that every day? It's a powerful prayer. Search me, know me. And then, of course, the third way that he uses it is to protect the sheep. Because if he sees something coming, sometimes he'll just whirl it at the enemy. Other times, if he's close enough, it's a ex powerful extension of his arm. And maybe David knew this when he had the lion and, and hit the lion or the bear. He understood that that's, there's times where I'm called upon to protect. And Jesus said the word of God will protect you. In Luke chapter 4, verse 4, when he was tempted by the devil, three times Jesus did not say, well, I think, or it could be, or I've heard it said, no, he says, it is written. It is written. See, this is why you need to know the word of God. This is the reason why you need to read the Bible. It is because it's powerful. How many know God's word is powerful? Can somebody make some noise if you know God's word is powerful? And then here's the other thing he said the shepherd has. He not only has his rod, but he has his staff. And, and, and the staff, just like the rod can be symbolic of the word of God, the staff can be symbolic of the spirit of God. And, and the spirit of God comes just like the shepherd's staff. And sometimes the little lambs try to get away from mama. And so the shepherd knows, mm, you're not weaned yet. You don't need to be going off on your own. Get back here. Get back here, and he'll use it to corral 
the sheep, to bring them close, and sometimes just to get them a little closer to himself. How many are glad the Holy Spirit one day drew you to Jesus and caused you to say, I need Jesus in my life, right? The Bible says the Holy Spirit draws us to him. And then he uses it to guide because sometimes, you know, out in the field, uh, he, he'll use this. Sometimes he gets more aggressive, but, but a lot of times he tries to be gentle. And just like the Holy Spirit says, hey, don't go to that party. Hey, don't make that business deal. Hey, don't go on that online dating site. Hey, don't, don't respond to that text while you're mad. Hello? And the Holy Spirit gently nudges and, and, and says, hey, get up. Get to church this morning. How many are glad? Some, some of you, the Holy Spirit woke you up this morning. You didn't even have your alarm set. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to, you need to get to church. And the Holy Spirit also lifts us. How many times in my life, how many times in your life have there been occasions where under deep, emotional distress, you found yourself slipping deeper and deeper and deeper. Huh? How many times in your life that you thought, oh, it, it, it's a bad season, but then it got worse? Anybody with me? Then, then it... Then you thought, well, it can't get any worse than this. But it did. And in your life, you went from feeling discouraged to depressed to very depressed to feeling like I'm drowning. The walls of the valley of death are closing in. I don't know how to get out of this space. I don't know that I'll ever get out of this space. It just feels so dark as I've gone deeper and deeper into the valley. Anybody hear me? Anybody know that experience? But here's what the shepherd does. The shepherd comes along and the shepherd says, oh, I see you. I see you down there. Oh, Babs, <laughs> wandering around, feeling like life can't go on, feeling like maybe today should be my last day on this earth, maybe somebody's watching right now and it's just uncanny that you are tuned in at this very second. When you think life is not worth living, when you think all hope is gone, I want you to know it's not gone. If you'll just hang on, there is a presence, there is a power of the Holy Spirit of God, how many know it, that can lift you up, that can bring you out 
He lifted me. He lifted me. He lifted me. How many of you, you were down for the count. You were down. There was no way out. There's no way you could have figured it out. There's no way you thought your finances were so screwed up. Your marriage, your relationships, your life. You're, you're too addicted. You're too in much of a stronghold that you can't get out. But somehow, some way, God's presence, God's power of his spirit got under you and lifted you. Come on, give him praise if that happened. That's what David says. He says he says it like this. So I don't even I don't even have to fear. What do you mean? The walls closing in, darkness all around. He says, "Yeah, it's all there, but so is the shepherd." And that's the reason why David said, "I can worship in my valley." I can worship in my valley. I want to help somebody in these last two minutes. Because you can worship in the valley. Sometimes you can worship more sincerely. Come on. In the valley than you can even on the mountain. Because who can't sing when you're on the mountain? Give me a church full of people who can sing in the valley. Who can sing when it's not going your way, when everything is against you, when the wind is blowing and howling and the waves are crashing, and yet you keep on believing. God, give us a church like that. A church that will praise him on the mountain, but will also praise him in the valley. Right, church? We will praise him no matter what because it doesn't make any difference if I'm on the mountain or I'm in the valley. And by the way, the, the word promises you'll probably have both. But it also promises that the shepherd, he will be with you. Let's pray. God, I pray for any person going through the valley. Anyone who feels the walls closing in, that feels the darkness all around, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and you would say, Craig, that's me. I'm on that first step. I, I, I feel the walls kind of closing in. Or maybe you're in the second step. That was last week, but it got worse this week. Or maybe some of you, you're all the way down in the bottom of the valley. And it just feels so overwhelming. It feels so dark. I want you to find the shepherd in the darkness. He's there. He's there. He's with you. And he will comfort you. If you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I'll be honest enough to say, I feel like I'm in the valley. And you don't even have to be deep down in the valley, but you just feel you're in a valley today. And you just could use some extra Holy Spirit. You could just use some extra help, some extra blessing from the Lord. Would you just raise your hand in this place and say, yeah, 
That's me, hands all over this room. Online, just stretch your hand toward the screen right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who's going through a valley. God, I thank you that you're there with them. It may not even feel like it right now, but you are there. And so God, instead of rushing and running to get out, help us to relax in your presence. And know that if you're with me, nothing can stand against us. Maybe you're in this place or you're online and you're without a shepherd. First of all, I, I don't know what that's like in a world like we live in with pandemics and world chaos and then personal chaos. To be without a shepherd, to be without someone that's greater than you. Maybe today you'd say, Craig, I, I don't want to go that way anymore. I, I, I don't want to be in the darkness all alone. It's too spooky. It's too scary. It's too lonely. I want God in the darkness. I want you to know that he is God in the dark. And he can bring the light into your life today. If you need God's light in your darkness, will you just raise a hand if you're in this room and say, yes, I need God in my life. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior online. Type the word decided, the word decided in the chat, and we're going to pray for you to receive Jesus today as your shepherd of your life. Come on, let's pray and let's believe together. Just everyone pray this prayer with me. Pray it after me and just pray it to the Lord. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. Today I receive Jesus to be my Savior and to be my Lord because I know I need you whether I'm on the mountain or in the valley, I need you. So as much as I know how, from this day forward, I will live for you. And I thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family. Let's praise God for those who made that prayer of confession. Listen, I'm gonna ask as we close our prayer partners to come down, let's all stand together. Uh, there's responses on the screen that you can uh, respond from where you are. And, but, but, and baptism is so important, it's so huge. Please don't miss out on that for your life. But I just feel like there could be at least a handful of people today that just need a little extra love, all right? Just need a little extra prayer. And I've been there, done that. And if you today just feel like in my valley, I need somebody who will pray with me and agree with me. That's what our prayer partners are for. And so you come down. When everybody else is trickling out, you, you come down and receive the prayer that you need today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being here once again. We thank you for taking us through this powerful psalm and building us up in your word. And so God, today we pray that 
We'll be encouraged as we leave here to encourage someone else and touch someone else's life. And God, for those who need to touch themselves, I pray the Holy Spirit will draw every person down for prayer that needs prayer today. And God, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.